It's good to see a lot of smiles. I know y'all saw me keep this songbook up here. I will relieve you guys. I'm not going to sing a special, but well, the last song as we were as we were singing to it, that's a good song. And the third verse of that song is one of my favorite verses in all of every song. And I just wanted to read through it because it's some good stuff. It is why we're here today, is because Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. So I just wanted to read through this third verse to remind us what we have to be uh, thankful for as Christians. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ so that our sins will be nailed to the cross, God, that we don't have to bear our sins anymore. God, I pray that if there is one in this room today, even though we're, we're talking about mothers, dear Lord, we're here because of Jesus Christ. And I pray that if there is one that has come into this place with the burden of their sinfulness, dear Lord, that they would give it to you, Lord Jesus, today. That you would take it from them, God. That we would not have to carry the burdens of our sins anymore, dear Lord. That we would remember that you have paid the price for us. God, we thank you that we can come here in a free country and we can... I worship you today. We thank you for our mothers, for what uh, they mean to us, God. We thank you for uh, providing this uh, family system that you have put into place from uh, the beginning of Genesis, God, that we can have fathers and that we can have mothers. And so, God, I pray that in these few minutes, as we uh, flip through your text today, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that we would recognize our mothers, God, and that we would give you the glory in the process. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. I'm going to be kind of flipping through a lot of scriptures today. We're not going to be looking at one main text, so we're going to be kind of taking a journey through the Bible. So if you want to flip along with me, you can as we look through the text. If you just want to sit back and, and make notes and read them later, you can. I want you to read them if you, if you want to, but we might be flipping through some kind of fast. So uh, if you can keep up, do. If not, no worries at all. Uh, but we're... We're here today, uh, we're going to celebrate Mother's Day. Obviously, we are uh, celebrating Mother's Day. And as I begin to uh, read through God's Word this week and I begin to look at uh, so many texts that talk about mothers, most of the texts that I come across in God's Word, when the text talks about a mother, it also talks about a father. Now, I realize it's Mother's Day, but I'm going to talk about fathers too for just a minute. Because... What we see often in God's Word, when the mother is talked about, the father is also talked about. And that is important for us, church. It is important for us not to miss that. That God has put that family structure into place from the very beginning of time. When God made Adam, God saw Adam. He saw everything that he made was good, but he saw that Adam, there was none like him on the earth. And he said, it is not good for man to be alone. We see in the Bible that, that God's Word says that when a, a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Now you men say amen if you believe that's true. Amen. Look, women, women are a blessing to have. Women are a blessing to have. They keep us straight. Now we might not like to admit it, but women keep us straight. Just a while ago, before I could even come out here, guess what? I missed some buttons, and who caught it? My wife. You missed your button. She, she got me looking all pretty, got my clothes all on. Wives are a good thing to have. And wives are important because it is through our wives that God begins to bless us with children. 
Now, I want to look at a couple of verses in the text this morning. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. That's going to be toward the beginning of your Bible. If you're not familiar uh, with different books of the Bible, that is A-OK. No worries there. It's a lot of them. It's hard to figure out which one is which. But Exodus is kind of close to the beginning of your Bible. Exodus chapter 20. And this is uh, where God is giving Moses the Ten Commandments. Now, some of you may have heard of these Ten Commandments. They were uh, some... some uh, Commandments that God gave His people Israel to follow. These were ten that pretty much summed up everything that, that God intended. Now, there was lots of other commandments that He gave His people, but these ten kind of sum everything up. And to sum it up better, uh, Jesus kind of breaks it down even further and said, look, here's what's most important. Love the Lord with all you got, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Therefore, love God with everything, love other people, and if you do that, you have fulfilled everything that God's commandments have called us to do. But one of the Ten Commandments that we see in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, is this. Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So here we have uh, an instance where God is telling uh, those of us who have parents that we need to honor our father and mother. And there is some blessing that comes along with that. In this case, it was uh, that God was going to bless them with the land that he had promised to them. We see a similar promise, kind of the same language in the New Testament. If you want to flip, you can. If not, you don't have to. It's going to be in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. I'll read it to you guys real quick. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. Well, we'll start with one. Child, obey your parents as you would the Lord, because this is right. Now listen good to that, kids. Children, obey your parents as you would the Lord, because this is right. Now I know that sounds crazy to you, because I know you think your parents are crazy. They don't have a clue when your mom tells you to do something. But God's Word says, look, listen to your parents here. Just like you'd listen to the Lord, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. So what we see in God's word is that there is some, uh, there is some <coughs> reward, so to speak. There is a blessing that comes from following what your mother and father tell you to do. We see that in other areas of the Bible as well. If you want to flip to Proverbs chapter 19, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. Proverbs chapter 19. Chapter, uh, chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. It says this. The one who... Assaults his father and evicts his mother is a disgraceful and shameful son. If you stop listening to correction, my son, you will stray from the words of knowledge. At verse 27, that sums it up good. Here's why I believe one reason why our parents are extremely important to us, why your mothers and fathers are extremely important, because they give you the guidance in life that you need to make good, good decisions. It is through the wisdom of your parents... Good parents uh, equip their children for the future. Good parents prepare their children for what they need to do. Good parents don't let their kids get away with everything. Listen up, kids. Good parents don't let their kids get away with everything because good parents know what is good for the kid and what is not good for the kid. And verse 27 says, 
If you stop listening to correction, you will stray from the words of knowledge. And so when your parents, when your mother gets on to you because you're not doing right, then praise the Lord for that. Now that's hard to do. I've been a kid before. Everybody in here has been a kid. And when you get in trouble and your parents tell you not to do something, that's hard to do. You think they're just a bunch of fuddy-duddies and all that they were put on the earth for was to keep you from having fun. But you need to listen to them. And I know that's just in one ear and out the other because I've been your age. I get it. But maybe the Holy Spirit will get through to you. Your parents are there to instruct you. And so we see in God's Word that God put this, this family structure into place. He created man. He created woman. And God intends for man and woman to stay together. And God intends for when that family is formed, when children begin to come into the fold, that there needs to be both a mother and a father as part of that family picture. Because God has put different things in, in, in men than he has put in women. <coughs> now, you guys can see this. I don't have to tell you this. You, you guys see this. Men and women are different. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Now, 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 you men will probably agree with me that your wife is much different than you are. Now, I did not even realize that, y'all, until 18 months ago. You know what happened 18 months ago? I got married. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not getting in trouble here. But, but what I learned 18 months ago is that women and men do not think alike. They both have different strengths that are important to raising children. You need both. You need both because, see, here's what happens. If you are a, a man, this is typically the case, men, men typically are a little tougher in the sense that kids run around, scrapes their knee. Men might say something like, oh, I'll toughen up. It's going to be all right. Stop crying. It'll be good. Men are, are, are a little rough around the edges. Men are a little tougher. Men are, are a little more likely to let children get away with things. You see a kid over there playing in the dirt or doing something that, that may be a little dangerous. Well, it'll be good for them. It'll toughen them up. It'll help them learn. And then, lo and behold, here comes the mother out the door. What are you doing? I cannot believe you let them do that. You're not watching them? Well, men are one track. We're working on something else. We can't watch kids and do what we're trying to do. Men are just... Now, I'm sorry, man. This is true. I didn't realize how true that was till I got married. But when I get my mind on something, I'm on it. And so men typically, they, they, they may not watch kids quite as close, and they may kind of let them get a, away with a little more. And kids need to toughen up sometimes. Kids kind of need that toughness, and they need to be able to, to kind of go off and do their things and learn the hard way and maybe get scraped up and, and, and not cry about it but kind of be tough. They need that. Children need that growing up. I feel like that is important. Men have certain skills and certain things that they can impart on their children that women cannot do because men just think different. And so there are some ways that a man can lead a child and raise a child that a woman cannot. But that's just half of the equation that God put into place for the families that we have. God knew that a family raised just full of men, well, that wouldn't work out too good. There needs to be some balance there. So praise the Lord. He saw that it wasn't good for us men to be alone, and he gave us some women. And women come into the fold, and they bring a whole another set of gifts to the marriage. A whole another set of uh, gifts to uh, the raising of the children. Because there is something that is different about a father and a mother. 
It's not that fathers are evil, bad people, but there's just something different about a mother. There's something that is very nurturing about a mother. There are times in life where as a child, whether you're this old or whether you're 32 years old, where you need some nurturing, where you need some encouragement that you can only get from your mother. That's just a fact. Because mothers can connect with their child in a much different way than men can. There are times when you fall and scrape your leg and get hurt that you need to cry a little bit and you need to get bandaged up. And you need somebody to give you a hug. And fathers do that to some extent. But there's something different there about a mother. You see, a mother, when they have a child, there is a connection there, I believe, just from what I have experienced. Now, you mothers can tell me if I'm wrong. But I see some heads nodding, so I think that's true. There's something different. And when your child is in trouble whether they are two years old or whether they are 32 years old, there is something there. And see, mothers can sense that. Boy, mothers can, in a heartbeat. You can walk in a room and they can say, what's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. They know better than that. If you're trying to fool your mom, if you're young, you can forget it. Even if you're old, you can't fool them. You can't fool them. There is something about a woman that's a close connection to a child. Now, you women, listen to this. You women who are mothers, listen to this. You got a big responsibility. And I know we don't have a lot of a lot of women in here this morning that are that are raising small children, but there are some. If you are raising a child, and maybe there are some of you who are going to have a child in the future, it is a big responsibility to raise a child. It is important. It is a serious thing in God's eyes for parents who raise a child, for mothers who raise a child. That is a big responsibility for you to make sure that that child is provided for, not just in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. To make sure that you impart on your children the things that are in God's Word. The knowledge that they need to hear. It is your job, father and mother, to impart on your children what God desires for them to know. It's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility, and that does not need to be taken lightly. Now, children, whether you're young or old, you have a big responsibility. Because the Bible, as we looked at, has told us that we need to listen to what our mothers say. We have a big responsibility to take care of our mothers because while it is our mother's responsibility to take care and raise us as we grow into adults, there comes a changing of a guard and as we as children grow into adults, it is our responsibility to then begin to take care of our mothers, to take care of our parents. We see that in Scripture. I'm not making this up. It is our call as Christians. It is our call as children to take care of of our parents. Let us not forget what our parents have done for us. I know as a kid that it's hard to realize, maybe if you're younger, what your parents, what your mother sacrifices for you, but I can assure you, your mother sacrifices a lot for you. As you begin to age, those of you who have grown into adults, you realize what it means to be a mother. Some of you mothers realize that it's a never-ending job. You see, because us men, as tough as we may be, 
We work all day, we come home. Oh, we tough, we've been working all day. We have got to sit back in the recliner and watch ESPN. We cannot do another thing. But that's not true for a woman. Because what are we, what are we like? I'll tell you what I like. I like to be able to come home, sit back and relax, watch TV, listen to music, play video game, whatever. And then I like for there to be a pan full of bacon carbonara with blackened chicken. That is fantastic. But I got news for you men and children. That don't make itself. In most cases, that's your mother that is making that for you. In most cases, that's your mother who is making that for you. And so the mother has to get up. And in most cases, I'm not trying to throw you men under the bus. I know some of you do good, and you should. You men should help your wives, the mother of your children. But in most cases, it's the mother who gets up, gets the child ready for school, makes breakfast, either homeschools them or sends them to school. It's the mother who has to wash clothes. You'd be amazed at how fast clothes pile up. It's only two of us in our house. I can't imagine some of you guys that have four or five or six or seven or eight of you living in a house. Then things pile up. And who usually does that work most of the time? You guessed it. It's the mother. And then you get home, and while you got to rest because you're so tired, guess what the mother gets to do? you got to fire up the oven. got to mix up some food. And then it's bath time. you got to give the kids a bath. And then it's 9, 10 o'clock, and the day is over. And where is the rest for the mother? It typically doesn't come. Your mother's kind of nodding your head. Mother don't really get a lot of a break. Kids get sick. Husbands get sick. Come on, husbands. I'm throwing you under the bus again. Y'all are going to be mad at me. But sometimes us as men, we kind of whine like we have got the worst disease in the whole wide world. But women, you don't usually see that. Women, they toughen up. If a kid's sick and the mom's sick, the mom can't lay there. Mom's got to take care of the kid. Sometimes as husbands, we can be selfish. We need to watch ourselves, husbands. We still want the food on the table. A man's work's from dusk to dawn, but a woman's work is never done. I've heard that phrase my whole life. And as I begin to grow up, I begin to see that. So praise the Lord that He gives us mothers. Because how else would we have breakfast and be ready for school and have our clothes washed and have food on the table at night? Now, praise God for those things. But praise God even more so that he gives us a mother's love. Because there's something different about a mother's love. And as good as it is that our mothers prepare for and take care of us, there is nothing that can compare to a mother's love. Now, we see a few instances that talk specifically about mothers in the Bible. We're going to look at three of them. And there are probably more if we really dug into the text. But there are just three that I wanted to share with you guys this morning. The first comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And we're just going to look at these real quick. We're not going to spend a lot of time on them. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Well, let's start with, let's see. Let's just start with verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. Give us a little context. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Now, listen to this. Clearly recalling your sincere faith 
that first lived in your grandmother Lois, then in your mother Eunice, and that I am convinced is in you also. Now here Paul is writing to a young man who's going to be a preacher named Timothy, and he's starting out this letter to him, uh, and in the intro of this letter, Paul, talking to Timothy, recalls his mother and his grandmother. He recalls the faith that Timothy's mother and grandmother had, and that faith had been passed down to Timothy. Timothy also had that faith. We talked about this a few minutes ago. It is important, mothers, that you pass down the faith in Jesus Christ, that you pass down the good news of Jesus Christ to your children. Because as we see here, it is because of Timothy's upbringing that has kept him in the faith, that we see a faith that is similar to what his mother and grandmother had. Believe me, mothers, what you do is going to affect how your kids turn out. I didn't say what you say. I said what you do. Now, a lot of times we are guilty of saying things and doing something else. And so as you raise your children, mothers, remember that they are going to follow what you do. And if you give them an example of following Jesus Christ, if you give them an example of knowing God's Word, of being in God's Word, if you give them an example of loving everybody equally, if you give them an example of putting Jesus Christ first in your life and worshiping Him and not getting caught up with all this other stuff, if you give that example to your children, the odds that they are going to follow that and have a relationship with Jesus Christ are very strong. If you give your kids an example of a bad lifestyle, not living for the Lord, the odds they're going to follow that are very strong. So mothers, give your children a solid example to follow. Another text, Proverbs chapter 31. Now I encourage everybody to read this whole chapter when you get a chance, maybe when you get home, because it is a good chapter especially you husband and children, you need to read Proverbs chapter 31 because it will teach you some good stuff of how to appreciate your wife and how to appreciate your mother. But what we have in the first verse of Proverbs 31, verse 1, we're just going to look at one little verse here. It starts out like this. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Now, that may not seem like much out of context. That's why I said, go read the whole thing. That'll be some little homework for you. What we see from King Lemuel, we don't have a clue who he is. I don't know who he is. I don't know that he's ever mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. And that's not important. It's neither here nor there. But what we see is he is about to give us this beautiful oracle that we're going to see in Proverbs chapter 31. And it says here that the things that he is going to share were taught to him by his mother. What kind of things does he share with us in Proverbs 31? He tells us that a, uh, that a good wife is, is like a precious jewel. 
He begins to, to go into detail of how a husband should praise his wife, how the children should praise their mother. It also gives some good detail, women, on what is required of the mother. It talks about what it means to be a good mother, what it means to be a good wife. It talks about a wife and a mother who is out working to prepare for her kids to make sure that they are provided for, that she's not sitting around with idle hands, but that she is constantly making sure that her children and her husband are taken care of. And as a result of that, we see that he says that the children and the husband will call her blessed. We see that the children and the husband should tell the mother and the wife that they appreciate her. We need to do that, you children and you husbands of mothers and wives. You need to tell your wife and you need to tell your mother that you love her. You need to tell her that you appreciate what she's done. You need to sometimes maybe give her a little break. Maybe you cook some dinner for her. Or maybe if you can't cook like me, at least take her out. It's good to do some good stuff for your mom. It's good to take a second to say, you know what, Mom, I love you, and I just want to do something for you. I want to give you a break. Let's go to McDonald's. No, I'll take your mama somewhere better than McDonald's. Come on now. Do better than that. But we need to let our mothers and our wives know that we appreciate and that we love them. I got one more verse I want to share with you guys today as we close, and that's going to be in John chapter 19. That's in the New Testament, kind of close to the beginning of the New Testament. The book of John, chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. And here in this verse, we see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has been mocked and beaten, and he has been nailed to a cross to be crucified for yours and my sins. And we see an interesting thing in this text. John chapter 19, verse 25 says this, Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and some other ladies. Right there at the cross of Jesus Christ, was his mother. Could you imagine how difficult that that must have been? Now, you mothers can relate to that. Because whether your child is the savior of the world or just a bad kid like me, you don't want to see him get hurt. And here in Jesus' most difficult time, right there with him, feeling his pain, was his mother. You know, and that's what a mother does. For you, you children have mothers that are still alive. You can know that your mother is going to be right there beside you through thick and thin. Even though you make some boneheaded decisions. Now, I know you, none of you guys have ever made a boneheaded decision. There are times that we don't treat our mothers with respect and that we don't treat our mothers life nicely and we need to repent to the Lord of that. And we don't want to make boneheaded decisions, but even when you do, praise the Lord, your mama still loves you. It's not because you deserve it necessarily, but it's because she's your mom. And right here in Jesus' most difficult time, a man who would live perfectly and never committed a single sin, never done anything wrong, he's nailed to a cross, and right there in his sorrow and his suffering at the foot of the cross is his mother. 
Let's read a little further in verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother and, his and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his home. Now here was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who was nailed to a tree. And he was in intense agony and intense pain. And he had been nailed to that tree so that he could take your sinfulness so that you wouldn't have to bear your sin anymore. And in the burden of taking all of the sin of all of the people, of all of humanity, as Jesus was on the cross and he looked down and he saw his mother, he made sure that she was taken care of. In the midst of all the things that had to be going through his mind, Jesus Christ did not forget his own mother. And there with him, the disciple that he loved, who is John, he tells John, he says, Look, I want you to take care of her. She's now your mother. And he tells his mom, Look, this is your son. He made sure that his mother was provided for. And we need to remember that, children. That as our mothers begin to grow old in age, or as there may be a time in their life where they can't do for themselves or where they may not be provided for, it is up to us children to make sure that our mothers are taken care of. And if our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with His dying breaths, can see to it that His mother is taken care of, then what kind of example is that for us? We need to love our mothers. And you need to tell them you love them. You need to tell your mom that you love her. That you appreciate her. You need to be there for her. You need to respect her. You need to listen to what she has to say. And mothers, what you have to say needs to be the wisdom of God. What you should have to say to your children and the example that you should have to live for your children should be one that is going to bring glory to the Lord. Let's pray. God, I come to you this morning and I thank you for my mother, dear Lord. I thank you for each mom that's sitting in this place. We thank you for giving us moms. We thank you for giving us dads. We thank you for giving us this family structure that we have. God, that we can have all the good stuff that dads offer and we can have all the good stuff that moms offer and that that can mold us dear Lord, into the men and women that we need to be. So I pray that you'd be with these children, that they would love on their mom. And God, I say children, that's anybody of all age that has a mother, dear Lord. And I pray for these mothers, that you would just be with them today, that you would just show them that you love them. God, that they would feel the love of their children this morning. And God, we thank you for Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for that example that he gave to love his mom up to the very end to see that she was taken care of. And God, we thank you for Jesus Christ who took our sins on that cross. That after preparing and providing a way for his own mother, dear Lord, that he provided a way for each one of us. And so I pray, God, that if there is one in this room that has not accepted Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross, God, that you would speak to them today. That they have 
heard your Holy Spirit speak, that they have heard your word speak, that they have heard the name of Jesus Christ, and they realize that they need to accept him as Lord and Savior. We give you the glory for getting to come here today. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.